just about that action, boss. But I'm asking you is a simple question. We we talk about the GOAT here, the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan, and you running your mouth talking about you're going to beat him one-on-one. Why would you say something so blasphemous? Blasphemous. He would need help. We're getting ready for Cincinnati. Back to the start of the fourth quarter. Coach Popovich, your thoughts on the third quarter. We're behind. You're listening to Sunday Sports Central, brought to you by 88.1 The Berg, KCWU. Welcome on into Sports Central. I'm your host, Will Ortner. Joining me as always is Ray Green. Ray, how are you doing today on this fine Sunday? Yes, sir. I woke up feeling great. I'm not feeling too great that the Lakers are down right now against the Suns. Yes, I know. That's the bummer. So we'll keep you updated on all that's happening right now in the sports world. Uh, so the Lakers are down right now to the Phoenix Suns, 67-59. to And then... I've been watching golf all day, Ray, and and we're gonna like we're gonna spend the first first uh, little segment here. We got to make fun of me for watching golf. Like it's brutal. <laughs> all I've I got up early. I set an alarm to make sure that I was up in time to watch the leaders tee off, and that is uh, Brooks Kepka and Phil Mickelson. Mickelson is at eight under leading. Uh, Kepka is at four under. Louis Oosthuizen's at four under followed by Podrick Harrington and Lowry at two under. They're already in the clubhouse, Harrington and Lowry. So really it's kind of turned into a three-man race, and everybody's chasing down Phil. He just had a bad tee shot here on 11. But I'll, I'll tell you what, Ray, like I think I found my old man sport. You know, like, <laughs> like when, when you become an old man, and, and look, we're getting close to that. Once you can no yeah. longer play your sports competitively, you reach a point where you have to find an old man sport. For my dad, it was like old beer league hockey, right? So he would go and he'd just play old guy hockey and have fun. Some people, it's softball. Some people, it's mm-hmm. basketball. Those scare me because I'm an idiot and I'll go and like tear something, right? Like the last <laughs> thing I need is like yeah. a 30-year-old Will Ortner thinking that he can still run as fast as he did when he was 22, tearing an Achilles. And so I think I found my old man sport and it's golf. Like I'm, I'm just enthralled. I watch YouTube clips all the time about how to fix my my slice. Oh, I'm out on the uh, golf course all the time. My, uh, Ray, move your mic, buddy, for me. Other way. Other way. There you go. Okay. Now we'll be able to hear you. Yeah, there, there's something messed up with that mic. But I'll tell you what, dude. Golf, it's my old man sport. Uh, how are you going to make fun of me on this? Because, I mean, I got to get a ribbing at least <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, I mean, golf. Actually, what's funny is. I used to watch golf with my grandparents. So mm-hmm. you're kind of reminding me of like, you know, yes. my grandfather. Just like <laughs> if, we, if me and you were to watch golf, it kind of reminded me of those times when I just sit back and watch with my grandparents. So, I mean, it's not too bad. I won't make fun of you for it just because, <laughs> you know, we're getting to that point where like we got to find other things that we're interested in. So, yeah. I mean, I'm taking, I'm kind of taking a kiddish route of just video games and mm. other childish things. While you're going the golf and manlier things, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say golf is manlier, but I did scream at my TV this morning when Phil uh, chipped in for birdie uh, out of the sand. 
there were there was some cheering and some running around my house and then i looked around and i was like it's a good thing that i'm the only one here because i just ran around <laughs> like an idiot for phil mickelson yeah, <laughs> like yeah. this is this is absolutely insane he's not even like one of my favorite golfers like i like brooks kepka more mm. i think that brooks kepka is uh i like him because he's not your traditional like golf snobby rich guy like there is like a a humor to brooks he's not afraid to kind of joke around you know be the butt of the joke sometimes but he's also like he's kind of broy, but he seems like a pretty cool guy and so i was like why am i cheering for phil and i think it's because he's so old i mean this is not this mean but he's 50 like he he's old enough to play on the old man tour right and so it's like oh yeah this is cool there's something to be said about, like, remember two years ago when Tiger won at the Masters and it was like, wow, that is so stinking cool because, like, it's probably the last one he's ever going to win. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing here with Phil. Like, this is probably his last best chance to win, and it's cool to see him ride out on a, on a high note like that. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be interesting to see when he uh, decides to stop and then who's going to be up top now. I think you're you're starting to see kind of the emergence of guys like uh, well Brooks Kepka. Brooks has four major titles already. Mm. Um, you're seeing the reemergence of like Jordan Spieth. Spieth has finally been playing well. He had like a really good run from like 2015 to 2017, where that dude was just on fire. I mean, his 2015. I only think in majors like four guys beat him out of all four majors. He won two of them. He got second, and then he was like fourth or something like that. So. Spieth is kind of coming back. Rory's still kind of – he he's fallen off. You see uh, Bryson DeChambeau. He's a real polarizing figure, and he's great for golf because you either love him or you hate him, right? Like mm -hmm. he's – just the, the style that he plays, he defeats all of the traditional norms. Everything that he does is like – it's basically just chicks love the long ball, and so I'm just going <laughs> to smack the ball as hard and as far as I can, and then I'm just going to be a snobby, rich you-know-what-about-it. And so mm -hmm. those guys are – they're good for the game of golf, but it would be cool to see Phil win, win this one, honestly. Like, it's just yeah. – it's the swan song. It's, there's something about it. And honestly, I've, I was watching golf today while I was uh, working on my putting. I got a little putting green in my living room. Oh, okay. okay. I was in there work, – I was working on my stroke. <laughs> it's not uh, – Look, it's getting better. There's yeah. there's bad days. There's good days. I'm trying. I'm trying to knock knock my shots down. I go and play over here at the Ellensburg Golf Course. Okay. Yeah. I need to. I need to go. No, we'll have to go together, man. It's yeah, it's take a. Me with you whenever you go next it's time. a good old time. Uh, and I'm I'm usually about a mid to high 40s over there, uh, okay. through nine. Okay. So that puts me low 90s, high high 80s, mm -hmm. right? And so, um. I'm thinking that if I just keep putting and I work on my putting, that I will eventually knock some strokes off. I put um, I put pillows underneath my green, my putting green, so that it like has different <laughs> breaks and stuff yeah. like that. It's not just straight. So we're 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 getting there. We're working on it. We're slowly trying to figure it out. Yeah, that's but sick. you know what? That's enough golf. We've we've hit it. It's the first segment. We've touched on golf. We'll keep you updated on what's going on with Phil. We'll keep you updated on what's going on with the Lakers. We're going to get into a break right now, but when we come back, we're going to talk about the first two NBA playoff games that went on last night. Kind of give a nice little breakdown, talk about what we expect to see from those series next. It's Sports sure. Central. You're tuned into Sports Central on 88.1 The Bird. 
Welcome on back into Sports Central. Uh, I'm your host, Will Ortner. Ray Green, he's right over there. We've got an update right now. The Lakers are losing 60-71 to to the Phoenix Suns. And on hole 11, Mickelson and Kepka they're just about – they're hitting their approach shots to get on the green, mm. right? Uh, not much has changed. Phil is still up uh, by four strokes over there. Ray, we talked about it earlier in the last segment. It's time to get into NBA playoff basketball. And I think what better way to start than right through the linear order of yesterday's games. And that is starting off, of course, with Miami and the Milwaukee Bucks. Right? Great game. Fantastic game. Very first game of the year uh, for the playoffs. Because uh, I don't count the play-in games. Do you count the play-in games, Ray? Um, I do. I know, you don't, I know you're not a fan. But I actually really enjoyed the play-in games because I like really the I like the situation between huh. yeah I like the situation between the tenth and up to the what the sixth, seventh yeah the seventh Seven. seed yeah I like that situation only because it gives the opportunity for a team to lose twice in order to, to be eliminated other and then like you know that proves to where like okay yeah you deserve to be in the playoffs I know that they go through all those seventy or so games to show that they deserve to be in the playoffs. But I actually really do like the playing game because it just adds another inter- interesting uh, element to the playoffs mm. that kind of get people prepped for the playoffs. Okay, so let's take a U-turn then and let's start actually with the playing games because I don't like it. Okay. Yeah. I Like for me, I, I think it adds, it adds injury issues and your best playing game, right, like legit playing game was a seven and eight, two teams that were – already supposed to be in it it was Steph Curry and Golden State versus LeBron and the Lakers Mm -hmm. and so to me it's like well that game yeah there's intrigue because it was close and it was back and forth and it ended up actually being you know Golden State ended up getting knocked out but at the time I was just kind of like eh who cares because that wasn't the do or die game for either team yeah I kind of understand the 9-8 game it makes sense kind of but I I don't know. Like you're already in a spot where half your league makes the playoffs anyways. Mm-hmm. And so to me, like look at the East, you had Indiana versus Washington. Both teams are under 500. <laughs> I don't think you, like if well, you can't win 500% of your games, why do you deserve to be in the playoffs? First of all, that's sure. And it's all, all it is is just a chance to go and get boat raced by the number one seed. Yeah. So to me, it's just kind of like, it's just a waste of my my time. I think I just I wasn't intrigued into it. There wasn't anything that made me go like, "Wow, I want to watch that. I want to I want to see that. I want to talk about that." Because it was just kind of like, eh. Everything that I expected to happen, other than Memphis beating Golden State, happened. Mm-hmm. And and that happened because all those guys are tired from playing two days before, playing their you know what's off. And then yeah. it's just like, I don't know. I don't even think Memphis is gonna beat Utah. Like. I, like cool, Jaw's really good, but is Jaw good enough to fully take over a series? I haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. Steph can, LeBron can, but that's about it. You know, KD, KD can, KD can. Oh yeah, KD. So KD and Kyrie. So to Jimmy me, it's Harden. like it doesn't really change anything. I think I think actually I have a, I have a radical idea for the playoffs. Oh, the NBA should cut it down to six. You know, as soon as you before you even said that, I was actually just thinking since like. The teams that are so like um, below 500, if they if those teams just got cut out and they just made it shorter and made it kind of mm-hmm. harder to get in, maybe the NBA would be more intense. 
Yep. And just, you know, I think more people, I think a lot of people still watch NBA basketball. I mean, come on, it's the NBA. Yeah, for sure. But I, the only reason why I like to play in games is because I feel like it added an extra intensity to those lower those lower teams and those lower sure. games. Yeah. And then it kind of kind of just gets fans warmed up to what's what's to come for the playoff basketball. I know that playoff basketball is already exciting enough, but the fact that it's more intense and there's a high like you mm-hmm. you can't go out there and like, you know, lose one game like okay, we can bounce back. We got six more to possibly play. Yeah. You know, you only get that one and done type of deal or two and done, you know. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I just, that's re- that's the reason why I liked it, but I definitely agree with the six game or the the six six teams yeah. coming into the playoffs because that will be just, you know, more intense, but there'll just be less games. But I mean, then you just get to the championship faster, so Hundred percent, but I also think it actually makes the regular season matter because, like at this point, the regular season doesn't matter. And I know the Lakers are losing right now to Phoenix, but like they're the favorite in the series, the seven seed is right. <laughs> and I know it's like a weird thing because of all the injuries and that whole nature. But for me, it's like what makes the NFL great is that it's it's one game, one and done, and so it really, really matters. And I know you can't really do that with the NBA. But I do think that if you only had like six teams get in or four teams get in, four teams from each conference, mm-hmm. right? Now all of a sudden it really does matter. And each game is very important. And then I, I know it'll never happen because the owners, they don't want to lose money. And doing this would lose lose them money, at least in the very short term. Yeah. But I think that you could go six six teams make it in, right? First two teams, you worked your behinds off, now you get a buy. Or you play in a you play like a five game series against each other so that you like that. Maybe that's how you do the seeding. Like mm-hmm. that way you like reseed the one and two seed or whatever. But for me, it's just like, if you have six, six teams from each conference get in now, all of a sudden you like, it's a big deal and it's a big fight to get into the playoffs. The regular season matters. You wouldn't have seen LeBron and AD take two or three games off near the end of the season because they knew, like, hey, we're getting into the playoffs anyways. We just need to take these games off rest and come back fighting. They would have had to have fought for their playoff lives, you know, three or four weeks ago. Yeah. Whereas, like, nobody was really fighting for their playoff lives at all this year because you kind of, like, at this point, you know, two weeks left in the season, you knew what was going to happen. You got to move that mic again, man. There you go. And so, it for me, it's one of those things where it's like, let's – Let's get more intrigue. Let's get more fight. And then also, if you cut down on the amount of uh, playoff teams that get in, now you can charge up the roof. That's how the owners would make their money back. So for me, it's just like, cut it down, make the quality of the game better, right? No one, no one wants to see Philadelphia just beat the tar out of the Washington Wizards for four straight <laughs> games or five straight games, right? Let them, oh, let's man. get into the good games right away, and I think you'll see the, the league grow, and I think you'll see more intrigue out of it. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to disagree with you because it's, you're, you're hitting all the facts. Because if you, want, if you want it to be more interesting, that's what you got to do is cut it down or yeah. just leave the play-in games, play games out of it if you want to do that as well. Because that just adds more uh, injury to, to some players or some mm-hmm. more strain on the 100%. muscle, the bones, and all that. Because, you know, that, that running on the hardwood is, is painful. Like, if, yeah. you, if you've ever been on a basketball court in your life and you ran up and down that floor for however long a game is, your knees are kind of a little sore after that game. Or even your ankles or just all your, all your joints. Yeah. And uh, 
that's kind of like the same thing with having 17 games in the NFL, you know, just adding more games in when it's unnecessary. So I can kind of see where you're coming from. 100%. Or if you do like a play-in game, maybe you do the play-in games for the six and you take those 10 seeds and it, everything's like NCAA tournament style. Mm, yeah, like you yeah. lose one and you're done. Like that's the that's the greatness of March Madness is – Every game matters. If you mess up at any point, you're done. Yeah. So maybe that's the way that you handle that. I'm not really sure, but it's just kind of my idea on that. Well, I think that was a good little little segue. We were going to take it one way, and then we did a U-turn, but don't worry. We're going to get right back onto the topics. We're going to be breaking down the NBA playoffs, and we're going to start with game one, the Miami Heat, the Milwaukee Bucks. But we're going to take a break, and we'll come back to it next at Sports Central. You're tuned into Sports Central on 88.1 The Bird. Welcome back on Into Sports Central. Will Ortner, Ray Green, uh, with your update on what is going on right now in the Lakers game. The Phoenix Suns are up 81-68 to 68 over the Lakers. They just ended the third, so we'll be uh, keeping you updated as they go through the fourth. Looking at golf right now, Luis Hazen has uh, made up a stroke. He is at five under, even on the day. Phil Mickelson is still at eight under, uh, one under on the day. And Kepka is falling hard and fast. He's three under, three over on the day. Kepka just keeps trying to – he keeps taking too many risks, Ray. He keeps trying to do too much, and he's, he's falling apart. Looks like uh, the stress of the whole situation is getting to him. One of those things. It's such a bummer because I do like him. But now I'm all in on Phil, and let's have Phil win. Yeah, is he a younger guy? Because I feel like those younger guys try to take those risks that are – Kind of unnecessary. He's 31. Okay, so he's not that young. Okay. Yeah, just just turned. He turned 31 this month. Uh, I mean, golf's weird because golf is like – like Phil's, Phil could win at 50, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like Phil, Phil might win this tournament at 50. He'd be the oldest ever to win a major by – it looks like two years. Two years. So it's one of those things where golf's just weird – 31 in most sports, you're like, oh, you're on the downhill. Where in golf, it's like you're probably in the middle to just starting your prime maybe. It, it's hard to tell, man. It, it's one of those things where it's weird, and the game has just evolved so much in recent years, and each course plays so different where it's like there are some courses that are just set up better for the older guy who can control their shot better and stay in the fairway the whole time, and then there's some courses where it's just like, Dude, if you can mash the ball, you're going to have a great shot at winning because it's going to be difficult no matter where you put it. So if you just crush it and then you're giving yourself short approach shots and stuff like that, then mm. you're you're going to be set up nicely. So right. it's just – it's weird. It depends on the course. It's one of those things. Enough golf. I keep shoehorning it in, and my, that's my bad. I'm, look, <laughs> I told you. I'm, I'm all in. It's my old guy sport. So let's start down by breaking down the games. We already talked about it earlier. It's the rematch uh, from last year's playoff series. Miami Heat, Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks win 109-107 to 107 on a Chris Middleton game-winning overtime. Yeah. Fantastic mid-range jumper. I loved this game. This was a great game to be the very first game of the NBA playoffs. It was back and forth. It was a nail-biter the whole way. Jimmy Butler didn't have one of his greatest games, but when you look at the stats, they're not horrible, right? Right. 17, 10, and 8. He's one of those guys that does everything. Yeah, he missed a lot of shots, but when it came down to clutch time, Jimmy Butler was the one who hit the two-point layup to send it into overtime. 
I love the way that he plays. He just plays fast. He plays physical. He plays with a crazy aggression. And then in Milwaukee's case, you're looking over there. This just shows that Middleton is clutch. He went 27-6-6. I know Giannis is your best player, but Giannis still struggles shooting the ball. Like If he's not going downhill and trying to get layups, he's going to struggle shooting. So now Middleton is proving and showing that, hey, I'm the one that can take those shots. And I, I like that. It's it's very weird because it's not your star that's taking your final shots, mm-hmm. but it's still one of it's. It'd be like if CJ took all of the Blazers' final shots. Right. It's that number so two, but it works for Milwaukee. I kind of think. So Ray, you watched the game. What kind of are you thinking about what went down uh, between Milwaukee and Miami? Yeah, I saw that the Heat were kind of going back to last year's kind of game plan of sagging off of, of Giannis, kind of clogging mm-hmm. the paint whenever he was in there and then forcing everybody else to make those shots. But it just so happened to be that this year everyone was kind of making those three-point shots this year. Um, and then Milton stepped up big because I think last year he was kind of just a ghost. He wasn't really there. He he didn't shoot very well. He didn't compete very much. He was playing good defense, but, um, but yeah, I think. And then you kind of saw Giannis take control a lot and mm-hmm. shot a lot of threes trying to prove that he could shoot and all this stuff but no i think they're just sticking to their game plan giving what the deep uh, taking what the defense gives them mm-hmm. and then miami just was not shooting the ball very well tyler hero shot like two for 11 and he's one of their premier shooters and like like jimmy yeah. butler was saying like that's my shooter blah blah blah. so like he's got to make those shots and then same thing with duncan robinson he's got to make those shots too yeah. i think if you look but if it, but the only thing that i'm worried about for this for this uh, uh bucks team Mm-hmm. Is that their bench was non-existent? They had no. nobody in the in the double digits on their bench. No. Whereas no. Miami, they had Drogic, uh, Drogic in yep. the in the twenties, a couple guys in the tens, but they just distributed the ball really well. So moving forward, I think if if this if this series goes to longevity, I'm gonna give it to the Heat. But the Bucks, if they can close these guys out in five, then I'm then I, I think they can do it that way because these guys are going to get gassed and they're going to rely on their bench a little bit more when it comes to the later games because that's yeah. what the playoffs is all about is just how deep are you. Yeah. And right now I don't see the Bucks being that deep, but I think the Bucks are still the favorite in that series, but I can see Miami taking it in seven. I, I think if Miami's going to take it, one, Jimmy Butler is going to have to shoot better, but I think he will. The, the big, whole team, honestly. You're right, you're right, because – Duncan Robinson had a pretty good game, you know, 24, which is all that you need off the bench out of him. He's your three-point specialist off the bench. But so is Tyler Hero, and Tyler Hero needs to have a better performance. He can't just have 10 points, right? Mm-hmm. Hero needs to go out. Like, if you are coming off the bench to shoot, and that is what uh, Tyler Hero does, you need, to, you need to go off and you need to have at least 15 points a game. And you need to have two or three threes, and they need to be in big moments. Yeah. Right? So Tyler Hero needs to definitely step up his performance. But the big guy right now that, to me, played horribly, and he will be the difference into whether Miami wins this or not, Mm -hmm. is going to be Bam Adebayo. Yeah. Bam went out, and he had 12 rebounds, 5 assists, and 9 points. If you're Bam Adebayo, and you're probably, arguably, the second best player on your team, if Jimmy Butler's your superstar – Bam's probably number two. You can't have nine points in the playoffs. You can't have more rebounds than you do points. Your job is to go out and play fantastic defense and score. 
mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that is not what he did. And I get it that he played a lot and had to deal with Giannis and Brooke Lopez, two fantastic big men in the league. I mean, obviously Giannis is a two-time MVP, but it's just, bam, you have to do more on the offensive end. I think when you see them come out in the next game, Eric Spolstra is a great coach, and he's going to know how to position his guys. And then you also know Jimmy Butler is going to be in their ear all uh, today and all tomorrow because they do play Monday night, right? Mm -hmm. And he's just going to be chirping in their ear just like, hey, you let me down. You sucked. You did not play the way that you needed to play. And I think that you'll see uh, a little bit more of a fire lit under Bam, and you'll see Bam play much, much better. Because I do see this series going seven. I mean, yeah, shoot. It's it's the Bucks and the Heat, and they match up so well against each other. And now, like, the Bucks, yeah, they have Giannis, who seems almost in, unstoppable unless you force him to shoot a jumper. But then <laughs> if you look at Miami, you got Eric Spolstra. He's won multiple championships. He knows how to coach a championship-level team. You have Jimmy Butler, who's one of the better leaders in the game, and he's more of an old-school style. So I think what you're going to start seeing is more of a force Chris Middleton to beat us, and you're going to see Bam Adebayo step up and play better. Because if, if Giannis beats you, that's on you. But if you if you force Chris Middleton to take those game-winning, game-tying shots and you lose to Chris Middleton, I think you just kind of have to eat it and take it on the chin. Like, you did the best you could. Yeah. And, I mean, if you also look at, like, the shooting for both teams compar- like comparison-wise. Mm-hmm. The Heat shot 36% compared to the Bucks, where they shot 43%, almost 44 yes. Like, that's just ridiculous. If you, and if you think about the teams, who are the shooters in this series? Miami. Yeah. They, they just didn't make any shots. Like, if you look at their numbers from the starting lineup, 3 for 8, 4 for 22, 4 for 15, 4 for 10, and then 7 for 13. Like, that's just – that's mind-blowing that that, mm-hmm. that that team couldn't make any shots. Like, you, you know, eventually you would think that some shots would fall, but that just, that just didn't happen to them that night. So, you know, it was just a rough night. But I still can see the series going seven and Miami taking it over if it goes that deep. Yeah. Look, shooters shoot, and eventually you shoot yourself out of a cold streak. And that's what I think Tyler Hero and uh, Bam Adebayo will do. I think you'll see them step up yeah. in the next game. The second game uh, from last night, I guess yesterday, midday, was mm-hmm. the Dallas Mavericks versus the Los Angeles Clippers. The Mavs won 113-103 to 103 behind the fantastic play of their superstar, Luka Doncic. Luka went out, and he had a 31-point performance with 10 rebounds and 11 assists. He is the third youngest player now to have a 30-point triple-double in the postseason. The only other people younger than him is the great LeBron James. How insane is Luka? Because when I watch Luka, he's very different than all the other superstars, right? Like when you look at LeBron, he's a physical freak. When you look at Jimmy Butler, his work ethic is unmatched. The dude was doing basketball dribbling drills in the the bubble, <laughs> you know, at 4 a.m. He's just in his hotel room dribbling, dribbling, dribbling right. all the time. You go in and you look at Giannis, another physical freak who, who worked extremely hard. You look at CP3, he's super smart. You look at Harden, he's just physically gifted and he's a great shooter. Mm-hmm. But when you look at Luka, to me, like, his athleticism isn't crazy off the table. 
when you look at his work ethic, like, of course, you're in the NBA and you're a superstar. Everybody works hard. But it, he doesn't have these legendary, crazy, like, he's up at 3 a.m. dribbling in his hotel room <laughs> work ethic stories. But what he does have and what it seems like most of the Europeans have that come to the NBA is just absolutely insane fundamentals. Everything that he does is crisp and it's clean and it's smooth. And that's why I think you see him give the Clippers such fits because you have guys like Kawhi and uh, Pandemic P who are used <laughs> to these athletic freaks, and that's not what Luka is. Yeah. And he beats them with his brains and his fundamentals. And I just love watching him play. He's fantastic. Yeah. I, I love watching Luka play because he's, he's the Don, man. He goes crazy every <laughs> game. This dude, he can shoot. He can drive. He can control the game. He can control the pace. He he distributes the ball. He can rebound. I mean, he can kind of just do it all. He's he's a he's a jack of all trades, if you say. Yeah. But when you're looking at the Clippers, like this Clippers roster is pretty loaded, and then they reloaded with a guy like Rondo. Yes. And if you look at what Rondo did for the Lakers last year, is he was that leader on the court and off the court, and he was just kind of like the coach on the court too. So with that being said, like he can just distribute the ball. He knows when to feed players. He knows when to. Um, kind of get somebody out of a shooting slump, and he just he just he can read a defense easily. Like he's seen it so many times that he's a he's a well seasoned vet. But it's hard for them to win when you got <clears throat> uh, pandemic P shooting mm -hmm. eight for eighteen, and then your yeah. super your so called superstar and so called the king of L A shooting nine for twenty two, and then one for six from three. Yeah, he still had twenty six points and led the team, but he didn't perform to that high standard that he holds himself to yeah. which is just un it's unacceptable if you're if you're a clippers fan 100% that, you know so and then losing to losing to dallas after supposedly some people would say that they were trying to lose in order to avoid the lakers and then now to get beat by the Mavericks is very interesting. Would it shock you if that's what they did? Because honestly, they seem like the team that would try to do that. I mean, if you just go in and read about a lot of the stuff that they do and they did last year, a lot of the reason that they struggled and guys like Montrez Harrell left that team was because they catered to Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. It wouldn't shock me if Kawhi and Paul George didn't want to face the Lakers. I bet the Suns don't want to face the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Suns might beat him in this game, but it's LeBron and Anthony Davis. Yeah. Eventually, LeBron's known for giving up game one. Exactly. Well, and eventually those guys are going to get right, you would think. Like the Phoenix Suns, if anything, like you do want to play them now before they get rolling, but you still don't want to play them. So, to me when I look at this, when I look at this game, if I'm a Clippers fan, I'm embarrassed by the performance of my stars. Like, yes, you got your points. Congratulations. You did it at an efficiency level that was horrible, absolutely atrocious, and it killed the flow for everybody else. You don't have another guy with more than 12 points on your team. Rajon Rondo was your third leading scorer in that game. That should never happen. Rondo should have like a bajillion assists, but that's not what they're doing. They're playing isolation me ball. Yeah, Kawhi, you had a great dunk, but you know what? One for five from the three-point line is unacceptable. When you were winning in Toronto and in San Antonio, you were out there grinding on the defensive end, one, mm -hmm. but two, you were making key shots in key moments, and that's not what's happening now. And I would never trust Paul George to hit a key shot. Oh, never ever that guy has proven time and time again that he can't be trusted in the clutch so i think it's on Kawhi right now to say either 
I'm going to go in and I'm going to shut down Luca, or you have to match Luca shot for shot. If Luca gets 31, you got to get 31. If he does it on, you know, 10 for 15 shooting, you got to do it on 10 for 15 shooting. Or else your team's just simply not going to win. I don't think the Clippers are as loaded as everybody says they are. To be honest, when you look at this team, Kawhi is inefficient right now. Paul George falls apart in the clutch. Pat Bev is a good defender, but that's about it. He's not a scorer. Nicholas Batum was never good, and I hate him for all of his years of being garbage in Portland, <laughs> despite what everyone said that he was supposed to be. And Rajon Rondo's old, mm-hmm. and he's just he's, he's a playmaker. You should let Rondo run the point. Do a fast-moving offense. Get on the fast break as much as you can. Stop with the isolation ball. It kills ball movement, and it kills team scoring. And you don't have good isolation guys. This isn't Carmelo Anthony back in 2010. You're Kawhi Leonard. You're Paul George. Get on the fast break and play great defense, or else the Mavs are going to beat you in six. They could beat him in five if if Luka locks in and just does what he does, but... When you look at the Clippers and the way that they play, they do play a lot of me basketball. And it, from what you're saying is if they need, if they wanted to get into team-oriented basketball, moving the ball around, it's going to be really hard for them to do with guys like Pat Bev and, and Morris mm-hmm. only because those guys aren't li- – they're, li- they're a liability at, with shooting. Yes, for sure. Pat Bev is for sure a liability. He's only, the, only there for defense realistically, yeah. in my opinion. And, you know, if, if you go deeper in the lineup, there's so many big guys that they have too, they, I think they have too many big guys, honestly. And then the other guys that are uh, shooting guards that are younger, they just have less experience in the playoffs and they're just not effective shooting wise. But, I mean, I just don't see them being able to play that type of basketball. That's why I think you kind of see them resorting to mm-hmm. the one on one basketball. But that's just really, it's that's just- really all they got. It's not going to work, it, especially if Luka and Hardaway keep playing the way that they're playing. Even even Porzingis, the unicorn himself, didn't look too terrible out there, and I'm not big on him either. Yeah. So we're, uh, we're done with the first two games. We're going to break down the next two games after this quick commercial break. It is Sports Central. You're tuned into Sports Central on 88.1 The Bird. Welcome on back in. It is uh, the last segment right now of Sports Central. Phil Mickelson is absolutely demolishing the field in the PGA Championship. He's up five strokes right now on everybody else, and uh, he's through 12, working on 13. Right now in the Suns-Lakers game, the Suns are up 88-77. to Ray, we were talking about this in the break, so we're going to take a little quick detour before we get back into breaking down uh, the games from the previous evening. But right now, Anthony Davis in 32 minutes, has three rebounds, one assist, nine points. Are you yeah. freaking kidding me? He, he's one of those. He's one of those guys where his inexperience earlier in his career in the playoffs is starting to show. But he's not inexperienced anymore. And he yeah. he isn't. He's yeah. he's won a title. Right. But I'm I'm just saying, from earlier in his career, it's starting to show that he doesn't have necessarily that it factor yet no. to where like you know where people are saying he's going to be that number one option over LeBron it's just not there yet no especially he's... in the playoffs just because he's not playing at a all-star dominant level he's not even playing at a slightly above average level yeah. there is 
dude, there is no better player in the league right now that can just absolutely disappear from a game and do nothing like he can. Oh, man. You are 6'11". You can get yeah. to the rack at any moment you want. Other than Kevin Durant, you're probably the next best shooting big man of that size. Mm-hmm. You're fast. You're quick. You're long. You're agile. How do you just disappear for no reason? Where do you go? You're a superstar. You're an all-star. You're a person who should be an MVP-type candidate. Yep, for he- sure. You should win title. The, the amount of titles that they should win between LeBron and him is stupid. Because, yeah, LeBron's going to go on that downswing. But Anthony Davis is hitting his prime now. He could just as easily do what Giannis does, but he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He just falls apart and disappears. And I don't get it. And it drives me absolutely up the wall. Yeah, it, makes, it does make me a little – kind of grinds my gears a little bit. But, I mean – He'll, I think he'll figure it out. He just has to kind of calm down, settle in, get his shots. I think also the the team has to do a good job of just distributing him the ball. Sometimes forcing kinda, him to not hide in a corner. Exactly. Yes. And sometimes they just don't um, they just don't feed him the ball when they need to. And also I think that goes with kind of the pace of the, how the team moves because this team right now they like to kind of push the pace, you know, show time and get on the break. And Anthony Davis he can run the break, but. In, in, the, in the playoff games, a lot of teams are getting back on them. There's a lot. Of, there's longer sets. you got to get into your uh, plays and run them. But I think they need to call more plays for Anthony Davis because I feel like they're not going to him as much. They're going to LeBron, who kicks it out to shooters more, and that's kind of what their offense is looking like uh, just kind of in the, in the last few stretches of, of games. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just I'm sick of Anthony Davis. All right, we're going to do a very quick breakdown of the last two games. A super quick breakdown of Brooklyn and Boston. Brooklyn wins 104 to 93. Offensively, KD, Kyrie, and Harden, it's like their eighth game together ever. <laughs> they honestly did not look great offensively, and the rest of the league should be terrified. How are they like they have to be the favorite to win the title at this point. They absolutely dominated last night. And they didn't even play their A game. And they played a very good Boston Celtics team coached by one of the best coaches in the league in Brad Stevens. And they opened up an absolute can. They didn't even try until the fourth. And then they beat them by 11. Mm -hmm. So to me, everyone just get out of Brooklyn's way. They are awesome. Yeah, they're definitely the favorite. And uh, I think the biggest biggest stat to me that stands out is that they out-rebounded them. And they... um, they shot way, way better. Like, if you take away all the bench players from the from the Nets team, they yep. would have shot 45% as a, as a squad. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a big majority of KD, uh, uh, Josh Har- Joe Harris, yep. Kyrie, and James Harden shooting all, like 90% of your shots because so Blake good. Griffin didn't shoot a shot at all. They don't need him to. Just go and get he, rebounds. Yeah, exactly. And he barely did that. He had three boards. Yeah. KD at 12. So he was kind of horsing it for them down low. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> looking at the looking at the Celtics, you know, your your main guy, Tatum, was just kind of in and out of a shooting slump. He was hitting shots. Then he was missing shots. He was getting to the line. But he also played 41 minutes, which is a lot of wear and tear on that body. And he doesn't have his buddy to help him out in, in, in Brown. So he's kind of he's yeah. kind of struggling without without him. But you can see where if, if Brown was playing in the series, I could see where they could try to threaten the Nets. 
but the Nets are just shooting at such a high clip that it's it's, it's not almost happen. it's almost unreachable. Exactly. And yeah, KD shot one for eight, and so and then everybody else was shooting pretty poor from three, but they weren't even really out there trying to just ball mm-hmm. ball out of control. They yeah. were trying to get a simple win, yep. and I don't think that they're really going full guns blazing at the at the Celtics because they know of what they're capable of when they fully lock in. 100%. Couldn't agree more. Jumping into the last game uh, from the previous evening, Blazers win 123-109. to And I'll tell you what, right now, I was incredibly pleased by the play of Yusuf Nurkic. Damian Lillard's just going to ball out, right? Like, I expect 34-13 and 13 from him. Like, that's not a thing that's shocking to me. But how the Blazers are going to win this series is can Nurk and can C.J. McCollum score and score at an efficient level to match what the Nuggets have next, right? Because, yeah, Nikola Jokic, he's going to score 34. He's going to get 13 boards. That's not uncommon. But if the 2-3 and three for the Blazers can be the 2-3 and the three for the Nuggets, that's Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon, then the Blazers will win this series. And if you can get fantastic play off the bench from guys like Anthony Simons and Carmelo Anthony, that's just icing on the cake. Those two played fantastic. Yeah. I think the Blazers win this series. I really do. And yeah. I think they can win this series in five, maybe six games. I, I don't think this series goes long. I think the longer it goes, the more it plays into the Nuggets' hand. And I think the only way that the Nuggets win this series is the emergence of Michael Porter. Like, last year when the Nuggets made their run is when you saw the emergence of Jamal Murray. Now you look at Jamal Murray and you go, Jamal Murray's an all-star. But Jamal Murray's hurt, and he's not playing in this series. So what you need to see, if you're a Nuggets fan, and you want to see the Nuggets win this series, is Michael Porter Jr. is going to have to put up scoring numbers that are equal to, if not better, than Jokic. He's going to have to have 30-point games. It's going to have to become a two-man show between those two. And right now, I don't think he's ready to take that step. He's taken the step to where he is a very good player, a borderline all-star type player. This is the Michael Porter that we saw at Nathan Hale, where he is one of the best players in the whole country. Right now, he's one of the best players in the league, but he hasn't quite made that all-star leap, and that's where he's at right now. He's making the leap to probably, hey, yeah, you know what? If he keeps playing like this, next year he's an all-star. But he's not a superstar. He's one or two leaps away from even being in that superstar category, and unless he starts, you know, skipping two steps at a time and gets into that superstar category, the Blazers win this series. That's yeah. just my feeling on it. Yeah, Michael Porter Jr., I feel like his role of the team is kind of just a jack up shots when he need when it's needed when it's needed to be done. Yeah. Because he shot one for ten from three and he shot twenty one shots. That's the second most on the team next to Jokic who shot twenty seven shots. And I mean yeah, Marco Porter Jr. is going to definitely shoot at a higher clip. He's got to drop 30 bombs when needed to be, but I don't even know if he's really that player yet. That's where uh, I'm at. I think he's a year or two away. Yeah, I think he's close, but I don't think he's – I just don't think he's there yet, so I can see the Blazers winning this in five. 100%. I just – when I look at Michael Porter, like, I'm starting to see high school Michael Porter again. I remember watching, you know, little highlights of him at Nathan Hale and just being like, oh, my goodness, this guy's a freak. And now he's had to battle through his back injuries and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I think he's getting the confidence back. And I do think that when it's all said and done, he'll be a multiple-time All-Star. He'll probably be a couple-time All-Pro, All-NBA type player. But right now, if the Nuggets are going to win, he's got to shoot at a better clip. I think he will. You know, like eventually he will. His efficiency is there. 
It's just the Nuggets, like, you're having to use your your decent number three as your number two. And if you have a decent number three and you're trying to make them into a number two, they're just going to be bad, and it's not going to be enough. And the problem is is that whoever wins this series, they're going to have to go play either L.A. or Phoenix. And that's probably where the end of the line is for both yeah. of those teams. Like, LA, whoever wins that, L.A. or Phoenix, like, they are just absolute juggernauts. But at the same time, it's going to be a fun series. It's going to be back and forth. And if the Blazers can keep getting that kind of performance out of Dame, CJ, Nurk, and then two guys off the, bre- off the bench like they did in this game, I think you're going to see a lot of Blazer victories, and I think you might see this series end in six. Yep, I agree. All right, Ray, let's get on out of here. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. We will be back next Sunday. May, might be our last show, might not. We haven't really decided yet. We're still kind of working our way through that. But I want to thank everybody for listening. Thanks to Ray, as always, for joining in. Yes, sir. We will see you guys next Sunday.